0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. and It's Wednesday, April 7th, and we are going to talk about Sam Darnold. The Panthers, along with lots of draft discussion with our pal Chris Tropasso. What's up, buddy?
2: How's it going, Will? I mean, I'm I'm excited to talk about this kind of weird trade that went down a few days ago. Uh, but I was really coming on to talk NFTs and the Masters with you. Because I know you're an <laughs> expert in both areas. So we can uh, we can get to Sam Darnold eventually, but masters and NFT, that's really what I think I came here for and want a lot of the listeners.
1: I know for. I know that I've heard feedback <laughs> from a lot of listeners. They say, hey, if you could take longer before you get into the football discussion to talk about top shot and golf, that'd be great. Because really, uh, we're sharing your hobbies here. Actually, nobody says that. Uh, I will point <laughs> out, though, it is that time of the year again. Masters week, the Azaleas, Butler Cabin, the Green Jacket, the Pimento Cheese Sandwiches, and don't forget about the Egg Salad Sandwiches. Egg Salad doesn't get enough credit. When we talk about pimento cheese, oh man, but it's all everything Augusta is here. And CBS Sports is your home, as always, to watch Dustin Johnson, Brooks, Rory, and all the action unfolded Augusta. Disrespectful to new father John Rahm and Justin Thomas, whoever wrote this promo, but that's fine. Whether you're looking to watch on the range, featured groups, aim in corner, holes 15 and 16 for all four rounds, and of course the CBS broadcast over the weekend. It's all available on CBS the CBS Sports Mobile app, and of course. Our ott service, Paramount Plus. Pimento cheese not included, but we're working on that for next year. So make sure and check us out. Get your full Masters coverage all over the place there. Uh, and also check out in the feed, we have a mailbag, a midweek mailbag with myself, Ryan Wilson, and John Breach, recorded for my in-laws. I was in a terrible mood. Um, we'll have more draft talk uh, throughout the rest of the week. But for now, let's get to the Sam Darnold deal. Uh, people were mad traps, so that we didn't do a – uh, Darnold emergency, uh, podcast on, uh, Tuesday after Monday afternoon. And really, I think the logic of that trade, the, the price of that trade is what dictated it is that, it, you know, the, the Panthers gave up a good amount, but not a crazy amount. The Panthers get Sam Darnold in return. The Jets get a 2021 sixth round pick, a 2022 second round pick and a 2022 fourth round pick. So uh, I'll ask you this. I mean, what's your immediate reaction here uh from, you know, the Jets deciding to officially move on from Sam Darnold? I mean, aside from, I guess, the obvious, which is they're drafting Zach Wilson now.
2: My my immediate reaction was I think the Jets uh made out pretty well in this deal. I know, like, a sixth rounder in 2021 is not anything to get really excited about, but that second rounder in 2022 and that fourth rounder, to get three picks for Sam Darnold, who – arguably was one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL last season. And yes, I know Adam Gase and the situation, all that factored in. But to get three selections for him when everyone knew they were going to pick Zach Wilson or a quarterback at number two overall, three weeks away from the draft, I was applauding the Jets. And I think Joe Douglas stockpiling now 21 picks in 2021 and 2022 combined. That was my first thought was the Jets did a great job to get three selections for Sam Darnold.
1: Yeah. And I think I saw the math on it where if you project the Panthers to be like the 16th overall pick you know, to finish right around the middle of the league next year, you know, a fringe playoff team, eight and nine, I guess would be the number. I'm no. not, not going to get used to that for at least Me five neither. years. Me neither. Um, that, that this is roughly worth the, that this whole package would be worth somewhere around the 40. I think is from Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network. Um, NFL media, somewhere around the 42nd or 43rd overall pick. So that's pretty good, you know, to be able to get that high, a top 50 pick for Sam Darnold after – you know, it looked like that they might be able to get a late first round, early second rounder. And then his value just seemed to plummet this off season is, you know, there weren't a lot of teams interested by all accounts. The Panthers were the only team that were really in the market for, for Sam Darnold, the only team that was trying to hunt him down. And so, yeah, I give Joe Douglas a ton of credit. We talked about the jets on here. I, I firmly believe that what he's done is similar to your Buffalo bills in terms of how he's built this team out where, you know, Blue collar, under the radar, offensive line signings. Go out and get some some guys to help you at the at the skill positions. Um, and then you find that quarterback that you take in the first round, high in the first round, and you drop him into this pre built infrastructure. It is, and I mean, we have to assume, right, that it's going to be Zach Wilson.
2: Yeah, it's going to be Zach Wilson. Uh, and anything that the Jets, Joe Douglas, Robert Sala, have said publicly in the last couple of weeks, to me, it seems super obvious. They were just trying to keep that Sam Darnold trade value as high as they possibly could and like you said to do the math to get a top 50 pick for a quarterback that has always been about his promise and how good he could be and flashing that one game against the Cowboys after he came back from mono and really not too many other games I think that it was a huge amount of draft capital to equal the number 42 overall pick but to get three selections for a team that yes they signed carl lawson they signed Corey davis keelan cole i think very underrated signing by the way they still have a lot of holes on defense on the offensive line they could add more talent to that skill position group uh i think it was a home run for joe douglas this close to the draft well, talk
1: to me about Zach Wilson because I mean, look, that the the Trevor Lawrence is going first overall. It's pretty rare. I mean, I think 2012 maybe the last time where yeah. you could you could definitively say that there was zero drama as it relates to the number 2 overall pick. I mean, even with like Jared Goff and Carson Wentz, you know, you, we we knew that the Rams were going Goff, but you know, it wasn't like, listen, I'll cut off, like, I'll bet anything. Like, you want, like, any amount of money, like, you want to bet, like, a million dollars versus I chop off my arm that Trevor Lawrence is going first? Sure. Like, I'll do anything. I mean, unless Urban Meyer has revenge on his mind and wants to come get me. Like, that's how confident I am that, you know, that, that they're taking Trevor Lawrence, which means that it's, it, you know, if you're the Jets, you can be that confident too. And so, what do you, what do you think about Zach Wilson as a prospect? What does he offer the Jets in terms of, you know, now he's going to be the starter for 2021. You know, he's going to to step in from day one and start taking snaps, um, and and what what are the traits you like about him? What do, what weaknesses does he have? How do you think he'll look in that in that uh, in that gangrene offense?
2: He's my number two overall player, number two quarterback in this draft class. Okay. Pretty big margin behind uh, Trevor Lawrence. I, I don't think he's near Trevor Lawrence in terms of being a prospect. There was some speculation in March uh, or late February that some teams had Zach Wilson ahead of Trevor Lawrence. I don't see that. The strengths with him, he has a quick delivery. He's pretty accurate and he is a very natural playmaker, whether that be just out on a bootleg. If he doesn't see what, or if he doesn't like what he sees, he can reverse his field and find someone open. There is some Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson to his game. Um, in terms of weaknesses. So like he really checks the boxes physically and athletically for the modern day NFL quarterback, the weaknesses. He's coming from BYU. He played in the Mountain West, and he was of the top five quarterback prospects in this draft class, the consensus. He was pressured the least amount. Like He didn't deal with a lot of pressure, but at BYU, he was playing in a system that was a very similar to the Mike LaFleur system he's going to be in with the Jets. A lot of stretch runs to the left, bootlegs to the right. A lot of RPOs. He's not going to have a huge transition, new terminology, new, uh, things when he's looking out after catching this, the shotgun snap. So I think it's a good fit. He's a high level talent and you like that he's ascending, that he improved in all three of his seasons at BYU. He's the rare BYU prospect who's not like 25 years old. That's good too. (laughs) Right. Um, And he he didn't take a, he didn't take a mission. No, he and what's funny is I remember tweeting about this is he very Mormon? early. He's got to be Mormon, right? On. He did his family, and don't quote me on this because I don't want to get into the religion of anyone, but I, I want to say early on, I was talking to Mike Renner from PFF about, hey, the Zach Wilson guy, this is in like September, like he might be a legitimate prospect. And I couldn't find his birthday because I was like, is he 25? Because if he's 25, we can't talk about him as a first-round pick. And a few like BYU fans were in my mention saying like that his family, whatever the term is, like decommitted from the church because they didn't want him to have to do that or something along those lines. But he's 21 years old, so he's like the rare BYU guy that's not like already an NFL veteran in terms of his age, which is a good thing. So he checks the boxes, just a little concern, level of competition, and the fact that he wasn't pressured very often in 2020.
1: Interesting. Yeah. So he's not going to go on a mission.
2: Huh. We would have heard about that by now, right? Yeah. I mean, we would it's have not, heard that not, he either not, did or
1: Yeah, it's not mandatory. Um no. you're not required to go on a mission, but it's just it's it's just interesting that he um that he's not doing that. I don't I I was I was just quickly perusing the internet and I saw that maybe he's never even said if he's Mormon or not. So, so interesting. Uh, yeah, very interesting. I just assumed everybody that went to BYU was Mormon, but you know, what they like I, whatever. Um I hope we don't say anything stupid that offends our, our, our heavy Mormon podcast, uh, listenership. So yeah, I mean, so look, it seems like everybody's convinced Zach Wilson is going to be really good. I mean, do you think there's a chance the Jets will regret, uh, not going with Justin Fields?
2: That's a good question. I think there's a chance of it because. Justin Fields is or a- Or Mac step, Jones, I suppose. Not Mac Jones. No offense to Ryan. I'm all, I'm on the Ryan Wilson bandwagon to have Mac Jones go number three overall and be a really good quarterback. Cause that would be like the ultimate, like hold the finish on a three pointer for Ryan Wilson. And sure. I like Ryan. I don't see it though with him. I mean, I, I might be wrong. Ryan might be right. But no, the Jets will not regret p- not picking Mac Jones. Justin Fields, they could because he is a clear step ahead of Zach Wilson in terms of his athleticism, and we know how important that is at the quarterback spot today. And I think he's a little more accurate than Zach Wilson, short, intermediate, and down the field. They're both very accurate. Justin Fields, especially early in the season, in that college football playoff semifinal game against Clemson, was deadly accurate, even in the title game against Alabama. I mean, they were clearly overmatched. An Ohio State team, to see them overmatched was pretty crazy. Yeah, But I thought Justin Fields put a lot of good throws on tape in that game. So in terms of the athleticism factor and the ball placement, the, those could be the only things that we could look back two, three years and say Justin Fields is a little better in those two key areas than Zach Wilson, at least as they're entering the NFL.
1: Um, and by the way, Sam Darnold uh, now becomes the – Second quarterback the Jets have drafted in the top five uh, since 2009 to not necessarily pan out in a way that they hoped uh, he would. Mark Sanchez being the other one, the uh, fifth. First round quarterback taken by the Jets in the common draft era, along with uh Sanchez in two thousand nine two thousand nine. Well, I guess I, I guess I, Zach Wilson will be the third one taken yeah. since two thousand nine yeah. and the sixth first round quarterback taken by the Jets. Uh Darnold in two thousand eighteen at third overall. Sanchez 2009. Fifth overall. Chad Pennington, uh eighteenth overall in two thousand. Love Chad Pennington. He was actually the best one on this group, right? Ken O'Brien, yeah, twenty-fourth overall in eighty-three, and Richard Todd, sixth overall in nineteen. 7 to 6. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about Sam Darnold and how he
0: fits with the Carolina Panthers. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
3: Selling a little or a lot? to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast.
1: Okay, so, uh, you were, where did you have Darnold on your fourth quarterback? Fourth quarterback. So you,
2: I was basically, like, half right, half wrong with that class. Obviously, Mason Rudolph being wrong and wrong on Josh Allen. I know. You, but if, you,
1: if you just had Lamar Jackson first over if – if I, And I had,
2: I had him first for the longest time, and then I, like, switched something oh, in, like, no. February, and then I just rode with it. But I did not really like Darnold, so that might be baked into this a little bit. Sure. I think and, – and I can say it, too. Who, I think, who's your uh, third? Josh Allen? No, Josh Rosen. Okay. Everyone had Rosen. Okay. Everyone had Rosen. I mean, okay. uh that – Sam Darnold, I think he's still riding like that breakout redshirt freshman season in 2016 when it was like teams are lining up in the 2018 draft for Sam Darnold. And then he led the NCAA in turnovers and then he hasn't really been that good in the NFL. So I think the Jets got a ton for him. Okay. Well,
1: I mean, I still kind of like Sam Darnold. I think he's, I think he's flashed and all right. So when you look at Sam Darnold goes two and 10 in, in 2020. Completes less than 60% of his passes, 6.1 yards per attempt, 184 passing yards per game, nine touchdowns, 11 interceptions. That's disastrous. That's a horrible season, especially for, you know, when you think about how Josh Allen took a leap forward, Lamar Jackson, uh, was flashing some more stuff as a, as a pocket passer and Baker Mayfield had a really big bounce back season. Like that, that week two in 2018 where Darnold and, and Baker battled feels like a thousand years ago at this point and, and doesn't even feel realistic. Um, you know when you look at donald's career uh, you know he had he's you know i mean he's just averaging less than or like right around 60% completions sub 220 passing yards per game uh in terms of average and i think uh he you know with the career with the jets he has more touchdowns and interceptions but it's not by a substantial margin um you know he was the highest pressured qu- uh, quarterback uh in the NFL last year, 42.4% right above Daniel Jones at 40.4. There's only two guys above 40% according to uh, CBS Sports Research. And Darnold also checks in with the fifth most interception since 2018. Not great. I mean, the, look, you look at the stats, but Traps, my argument would be that Adam Gase sucks and that <laughs> everybody who Adam Gase touches sucks as well. And then, like, outside of Peyton Manning, and then – once they leave Adam Gase, they flourish. And we've seen this happen with like 10 dudes. It is, I mean, they're all the Miami guys. Tana Hill gets traded and turns into a borderline MVP candidate with the Titans. Uh, Devontae Parker finally has his big breakout. Kenyon Drake, you know, is misused in Miami, goes and like, 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 like leads the league in rushing for eight weeks in, uh, you know, in Arizona. I mean, it's just, it feels like, that's why, to me, this is worth a gamble to take for the Panthers at the cost of a second round pick. Because if Sam Darnold is indeed like Ryan Tannehill 2.0, and I know they're not the same player, but if he blossoms after in life after Gase, then all of a sudden you have a, you know, you really hit a home run with at a, at a cheap price.
2: Yeah. I mean, this is like the weirdest parting gift for, that Adam Gates was so bad with the Jets for those two seasons, but now like he's allowing the Jets to get three picks for a quarterback that was like, that had the, the worst ESPN QBR in the NFL last year among all starters, Sam Darnold, and had a negative EPA from a clean pocket. So when things weren't chaotic inside the pocket, he was hurting his team more than anything else. So That's the weird part about this. It's very unique is that this fired coach is not actually hurting the team. He's helping it after he left. The two things with Sam Darnold I'll say is that he is a quarterback that when the Jets traded up for him, and I know different regime, different head coach, GM, he follows a trend of a quarterback who was picked after the result of a trade-up that really wasn't a freak athletically. Like Josh Allen is, Patrick Mahomes was, uh, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson – A lot of the guys that have like standout athletic traits or standout arm talent have really flourished after their team traded up to get them. The guys who were the, were picked after being, or like the team traded up to get them, Mitchell Trubisky, Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, one of them. Like I just always have a little pause now that if a team is trading up for a Mac Jones or for a Sam Darnold and he doesn't have standout like, Upper echelon top 10 in the league traits, then we've seen that those, a lot of those quarterbacks have not worked out. And like you said, there was that game in week two, Darnold and Mayfield battling it out the uh, Dallas Cowboys game after he comes back from Mono where they beat a good Cowboys team where Darnold looked to be taking the next step beyond really those two games. There's not many in which Sam Darnold elevated the talent around him. And I think even early on in Josh Allen's career as a rookie down the stretch, he was throwing to Kelvin Benjamin and Robert Foster, Zay Jones, Baker Mayfield and that breakout rookie season, he didn't have Odell Beckham yet. He was throwing to David Njoku and a bunch of uh bottom of the roster type players and he set the rookie touchdown. They had Landry. Right? They, they had Landry, yeah, they had yeah, Landry yeah. no Beckham, but he set the record for touchdown passes yeah. for a rookie with like An okay cast of characters, not uh, a great offensive line. We know what Lamar Jackson did winning the MVP without a crazy receiver group. I never saw that from Darnold. So going into year four, he's not a freak, and he never really elevated a, yes, bad roster, but made them even respectable. They were one of the most anemic offenses for all of his three seasons in New York. Yeah, I mean, they...
1: Look, I'm not going to tell you that Sam Darnold made anybody better around him, but I would also point out that along with Adam Gase, there wasn't anybody around him. Who's like, <laughs> You're right. who's his best receiver? Like that offensive line was a disaster and Joe Douglas has made it a little bit better. Um, they, a lot better actually because Makai Becton looks like an all pro and they brought him in. Uh, but by and large, I mean, that offensive line has been a problem for Sam Darnold and his best receiver since for Sam Darnold over the course of three years was probably Jamison Crowder and. I also think, like, I I don't know that, I don't know that Joe Douglas, like, is just, doesn't like Sam Darnold. I just think that he likes Zach Wilson a lot. And as I saw pointed out, he has also, you know, been a part of, of franchises that won Super Bowls the both the, the Ravens and the Eagles with quarterbacks on rookie contracts. And so he mm-hmm. understands that, you you know, you can kind of reset. And he said that today, or he said that on, on Tuesday, excuse me, that you can reset. The, they wanted to reset things financially. So that makes a lot of sense from that perspective. You know, if you, if you think that it's cool, like if you think that Zach Wilson and if you think Sam Darnold could be good, if you're, if you're the Jets, but you know, but you also think Zach Wilson could be good. Um, you know, why not go with the guy who's going to be on a cheaper deal and the guy that you drafted? Because you you might not have this chance again, and so they they really couldn't keep both of them. I, I don't think that was a viable scenario. So you you trade him, you get some value for him, and and you move on to to Zach Wilson for the Panthers. I mean, I do think that when you look at the infrastructure available to what for Sam Darnold and what he's going to get. I mean, it's a massive upgrade. You lose Curtis Samuel, I get that, but you got Christian McCaffrey, you got DJ Moore, and you have your old running mate Robbie Anderson, uh, a temple guy and a former Jets standout who uh, maybe he was the best wide receiver that, uh, that, uh, you know, that, that, that Darnold was throwing to. The offensive line is not great by any stretch of the imagination, but I think it's an upgrade over what he had early on with the Jets. And I think it's pretty likely that the Panthers use that number eight overall pick uh, either for uh, an offensive lineman. I don't know that Panay Sewell will be there. But if if he is him, or if not, uh, Slater out of Northwestern or Darisol out of Virginia Tech, both make a lot of sense, and that's a big weak spot for the Panthers. So I, I think I sort of see how the Panthers' plan comes together, but it, it will hinge on whether Sam Darnold can improve immediately away from Gates and, and with a better infrastructure around him.
2: Yeah, I think all those points you made are spot on, but your last point is the ultimate question. They're building this thing around Sam Darnold and everything that I've said. uh, And yes, I will say it It might go back to my pre-draft thoughts on him that I was wondering why people weren't so concerned about how frequently he turned over the football at USC. Um, And that's been a problem in the NFL. We know the Panthers were going after Deshaun Watson. We know they offered Teddy Bridgewater in a trade for Matthew Stafford. And no, they didn't pay a crazy amount, like uh, any first round picks or multiple seconds for Sam Darnold. But to have a consolation prize be Sam Darnold, and it involves two top 125 picks the next year when you really could be building around him if he does play well. That's why I didn't really like it for Carolina, because it was probably their third or their fourth option. We don't know if they were interested in Russell Wilson, or at least I didn't see that. Um, But to trade three picks for him and say, hey, we don't really know if we upgraded over Teddy Bridgewater, who just was already uh, on our roster. You think he's that much better than Teddy Bridgewater? I think
1: that he offers I, a lot, a higher ceiling than Teddy Bridgewater. Like, I don't, I don't. I mean, no, I mean, like Teddy Bridgewater, they're, they're over Teddy Bridgewater. Like they don't like, they're, they're, they're mad about the deal they gave Teddy Bridgewater. They wish they hadn't guaranteed all that money into 2021. They don't, they don't like Teddy Bridgewater anymore. And I think it's more about, man, he couldn't really operate the offense at tempo when they needed him to, especially late in games. They were really methodical and slow. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then too, like he just doesn't offer a ton of upside in terms of, 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 of who uh, Teddy Bridgewater is a, a fantastic person. His story's great. I think he is. A, he's a poor man's Alex. Poor man Alex Smiths. Poor man's Alex Smith. Um, you know, with his high floor and low ceiling. But I mean, it's just. I I think the Panthers just. I do agree with your point. I think Carolina, they started to, get involved in these possibilities of trading for Deshaun Watson. They they were in on Matthew Stafford and, and missed out on him. Obviously, um, I think that what happened was David Tepper got a uh 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 is a bow in your bee in his bonnet a bee in his whatever it is uh he got it must a, be it,
2: a a southern phrase that i'm unaware of <laughs> he
1: got he got he yeah it's i think it's bee in your bonnet but anyway okay. he he got his head he got his head set. His heart set, too, on the idea of we've got to get a quarterback and we have to find someone else. And I think he's probably leading the charge, like, all right, Teddy wasn't enough. We gave this guy a ton of money and it just wasn't enough. And so they pursued Matthew Stafford and missed on him. They wanted in on Deshaun Watson and probably were, I, in my opinion, we were going to get Deshaun Watson until the lawsuits popped up. Um, I think they probably pursued Russell Wilson, but we're told you don't have what it takes to get him and we're not trading him. And so Sam Darnold kind of became – the next guy, you know, the, the, the best option. Uh, I mean, I prefer Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater. I prefer trading for Sam Darnold to signing Andy Dalton. Um, I I don't, I don't know if Sam Darnold will be good. Like I don't, I'm not going to stand here and pound the table and say, he's going to be elite and he will work out. I don't know that. I don't think anybody does. I don't think the jets, I mean, I don't think the Panthers know that, but I do like the fact that you're buying as low as humanly possible on a distressed asset and hoping that it rebounds and you end up getting great value. And I think that's that, that appeals to David Tepper as well. Uh, I would also add that Matt rule was a finalist for the jets job yeah. before Adam Gase got it. And so he and Sam Darnold actually interviewed each other. I don't know if they did it in purpose in person or, or over like Skype or zoom or something. Um, Ultimately, Matt Rule passed on the job because the Jets tried to, uh, force, uh, coaches on him, on his staff. But, you know, I think that experience probably helps him in turn. You know, if he was willing to take that Jets job and like Sam Darnold, you know, clearly he had some, you know, clearly he has some, if he's willing to take the Jets job, he, he likes what he's seen out of Sam Darnold coming out of college.
2: Well, I think Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater, they're totally different stylistic quarterbacks. I think this upcoming season, we'll see more big plays in the paint. In the Panthers passing game, but probably more interceptions. And Teddy Bridgewater to me, being a Buffalo guy, like kind of reminds me of a less athletic Tyrod Taylor that like you can get by with him, but in those big games when you need those big throws, he's going to check it down. And I think that's probably what David Tepper and Matt Rule were like, we can't move forward with this guy. So I applaud the Panthers for understanding that even though it's year two for Matt Rule and it's, you know, still early in the ownership of David Tepper, that they don't have three, four, five years to see how things kind of come to, to fruition. They need to start winning. That if Matt Rule goes 5-12, uh, people yeah. won't be happy about that. It's still not good sure. with all that math there. Well, but when I don't, is, okay, Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say what I don't get, though, I, I applaud that because I, I'm all about almost every team being in win-now mode unless you're really hitting the reset button. And I think the Panthers already did that. But what I'm surprised about, especially being a draft guy, they're sitting there at number eight overall. This is a very top-heavy quarterback draft class. And Matt Rule knows way more about football than I do, but he must have watched Justin Fields and Trey Lance, who would have been the perfect redshirt guy behind Teddy Bridgewater. And they were in after Deshaun Watson, and Matthew Stafford. They land on Sam Darnold. I'm surprised they just seemingly had no... Uh, desire or, or the draft class was an afterthought for them when they already had a pick inside the top ten. They could have gotten one of those players, even Mac Jones. So I, that's like the biggest surprise to me that they were dead set on getting a veteran when they already had a top ten pick.
1: Yeah, I mean that's it is it may well. I, I think one other thing that is worth noting here too, when we talk about the Panthers and and trading for Sam Darnold, is that I think that they have probably made calls. To Atlanta, or and and then got we we're told like no, if you're in our
2: division, go, in division, yeah,
1: go bleep yourself. And then also understanding that the Falcons are getting calls from other teams, which was reported by Adam Schefter on Tuesday, which which makes total sense. Um I guess what I'm getting at is that I think they see three teams locked into the top three spots that are taking quarterbacks unquestionably. There is no doubt it's going to go quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Unless Kyle Shanahan really likes Kyle Pitts and wants to throw a wrench in everybody's draft. I, I don't. That's, you don't trade two first round picks to move up and take Kyle Pitts, though. No. Um, it's a it's quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. That leaves with Trey Lance and Justin Fields still out there. That Falcons pick. If the Falcons trade out, somebody's coming up for a quarterback too. And so then you maybe have four quarterbacks going the top four picks and the Panthers realized that at eight with their, the ammunition at their disposal, they just weren't, the Bengals aren't going to trade, you know, at, at five. The Dolphins already traded back up to six. So they're not moving out of six unless you just blow them away with an incredible offer. Um, and then I think the Lions are probably sitting there thinking, all right, we could potentially poach that last quarterback if he falls to us. And so the Panthers realized it might end up being just Teddy Bridgewater or nothing. And so uh, in, in that, and I, I do also think that, um, that the, the timeline that you referenced. Got sped up by the interest in a a quarterback out in the market. Like I think David Tepper, as a result of this timeline being cranked, like I think he cranked up the rebuild timeline artificially because it came to his attention that you could get a quarterback in the open market. And maybe that burns the Panthers, uh, with this, with this, with this play. But I, I think Donald's more athletic than people give him credit for. Um, you know, he can make all the throws a little bit of a bigger windup than you would like potentially. Uh, but he should be able to run some no huddle for there for Joe Brady, Joe Brady. stuff. you've got questions about Joe Brady too. Uh, and I think he's an upgrade in terms of just like a gamble over Teddy Bridgewater. Like, you, you know what you have in Teddy, you won five games with him. Why are you going to run it back? You know, go see if you can find a guy and if, they guarantee his fifth year option. Right. So you get yep. two years with Darnold. And if you need to, you can, um, you know, you can, you can draft somebody in the future.
2: Yeah, the one thing, too, then, to just look forward financially. If Sam Darnold plays really well this year or just doesn't look like one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the league, I think the Panthers will be happy with that. And that goes back to my original point that then in 2022, they'll have the first-rounder, which is still valuable. They'll be able to add whatever they need, maybe another receiver. Maybe they do go defense because they have holes there. But then they have a third-rounder, and they won't pick again until the fifth round. Like that, to me, being a draft guy, I would want as many – early picks as possible, especially if you're throwing, uh, you know, the Sam Darnold hat in the ring and you're saying, this is going to be our guy for the next two or three years. And then if he does play well, you probably have to give him maybe not a, you know, market setting deal, of course, but like somewhere where he's going to make 25 to 30 million dollars a year, somewhere in that range. I mean, that's kind of where the quarterback, um, contracts are going even like like even middle ground so i i think at that point uh to give that much money to Sam Darnold but then not have the picks uh that's a little dicey to me but you're right i think they sped up the rebuild process but then in doing that they had to get rid of some of the really important elements to rebuilding and that's early draft picks
1: yeah for sure i mean like it's it is it's absolutely a risk but if it it i i don't mind the gamble if you think Sam Darnold has upside and I do mm-hmm. think he has upside, I do think he has had the weirdest, you know, you're talking about a rookie season with Todd Bowles, right. In a, in a, in a, basically a, de, a a lame duck season. And then he gets Adam Gase, he gets mono, which totally derails his year. Um, And then, you know, Adam Gase was a lame duck coming into this season too. And it just, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's fair to judge. Now, if you look again, if you didn't like Sam Darnold coming into the draft, you're probably not going <laughs> to like this trade. You know, I and mean, that's just no, how it works. Yeah, but I'm saying not you, but I mean, like anybody, if you didn't mm-hmm. think Sam Darnold was going to be a, a quality quarterback at the NFL level coming out of USC, then you think the Panthers are idiots for this and you credit Joe, you know, but if you like Sam Darnold at all and, and I do, and I, and, and you think that, you know, that the, his, you know, his situation in New York was just one of the worst we've seen, um, over a course of three years for a young quarterback. Then yeah, absolutely. I think you could roll the dice. I saw uh, Bill Barnwell, friend of the, friend of the pod, Bill Barnwell put out a, a comp list for like, a adjusted net area or adjusted net yards per attempt. And it's like, it's a bad list. You know, the people who have Sandra stats, but you know who else is on that list? Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> so like, it's like, I, I yeah. mean, you know, I, I'm, I'd be willing, I think if I'm the, if I'm, a Panthers fan, I would have hoped that it was a 2022 third round pick that got it done mm-hmm. instead of the second, that second round pick could be a top five pick in the second round next year. And that's a problem if you gave it away, but I, I'm, I'm, I think it is. uh I personally think it's worth the gamble. Um Any other thoughts on how this trickles down and affects the rest of the draft uh traps?
2: Well, I think the Broncos have to be thrilled because they were sitting there at nine. If it seems like they want a quarterback, they have a new GM, George Payton. He was in Minnesota when they brought in Brett Favre, when they brought in Kirk Cousins, signed him to an $84 million fully guaranteed deal a few years ago. So he like wants to make a big splash at the quarterback spot. No connections to Drew Locke who didn't really flash in year two. Uh, they were sitting there like, man, the Panthers are probably going to pick a quarterback right in front of us. And we don't want to spend, you know, a, a second or a third round pick to move up to seven, only two spots or to six or to five or to four. They could get someone like Trey Lance at number nine overall. Like, I don't think that's out of the question. We don't know what the 49ers are going to do at three, but it's the best news, I think, for the Broncos if they want to go number or quarterback inside the top ten. And one last point on this, just affecting the first round and sticking with the Panthers, you said it earlier, I think they absolutely have to pick a left tackle because Greg Little, their 2019 second-round pick, has not lived up to the hype. Taylor Matone at right tackle, their franchise player is good. But for Sam Darnold, after coming off a season... 42% 42% of the time getting pressured and we saw how bad he was against pressure. You need a quality left tackle really for any quarterback, but definitely one that kind of has the jitters and can see ghosts like Sam Darnold. So whether it be Deshaun yeah. Slater, Penny Sewell or uh, Christian Darasov, who I really like, and I know Pete Prisco likes a lot too, so I feel yeah. better about that evaluation. Uh, they have to go offensive tackle at number eight. So that's kind of one that's a little bit telegraphed at this point.
1: Yeah, it, it really, it feels that way. And it, it's not, um, You know, if for, if somehow, like Kyle Pitts fell to them at eight or, which I don't think is very likely, but if, if the Falcons trade out and move down to, you know, past the Panthers and then you have the Bengals, Dolphins, I mean, again, it's probably not likely, but if you have the Bengals, Dolphins and Lions at four, at five, six, seven and they go Panay Sewell, Jamar Chase and uh, Devontae Smith, I mean, what, I mean, we're two offensive tackles and, 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 and Jamar Chase, it's possible that Kyle Pitts could be there or maybe, maybe the Panthers really want Devontae Smith because they have to worry about a DJ Moore contract extension. I will, we'll see. I mean, I think, I, I do think it's possible that he go with an offensive weapon there, but I think it is very likely that they will take an offensive tackle. And I, and I, I think two traps that probably factored in to their evaluation of this trade. Like, okay, Uh if we trade for Darnold, what are we getting in the draft? We have a chance to get one of three offensive tackles that we like.
2: Yeah, and the one other thing, which I'm I'm really not a fan of this for the Panthers, clearly, that I like the idea of going Rashawn Slater at 8 or Christian Darasaw. I think that would be good for the offense. It would help to get the most out of Sam Darnold. But maybe this is like looking at it from a 3D chess point of view when it's not needed. The Panthers' defense was pretty bad last year, sure. 24th in Football Outsiders DVOA. A lot of young pieces. They drafted all defense, so there was a lot of young players. They'll probably... Im- improved. Derek Brown had a pretty good rookie season. We know Jeremy Chin kind of loaded the stat sheet. I think they actually needed defense more than anything else. And that we know with Teddy Bridgewater, he gets it out quick. So you don't really have to worry that much about drafting an elite offensive tackle prospect. I'm worried if the defense is really bad, Sam Darnold's in 14 to nothing holes starting second quarters and is forcing the football and therefore turning it over a little bit more. I think it's all about getting him weapons and an offensive line, but also too, you don't want a young quarterback in a situation that he feels like he's always playing catch up and needs to sure. force the football, especially someone like Sam Darnold that has a tendency to turn the uh, football over a lot.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think my only my only quibble with that would be that you know, do you believe that there's a defensive prospect at number eight that's worth taking? Because, I mean, you're you're talking about Quiddy Pay or Patrick Sertain. I mean, Jalen Phillips, Michael Parsons.
2: Uh, You know, I mean, it'll be a stretch for any of those guys. Yeah.
1: If you trade down and want to take a defensive player, that's fine. And maybe you make, maybe you figure out a way to get that second round pick back next year, right? That's, that's, that's a whole different ball game. If, you know, if, if you're on the clock at eight and somebody, you know, whether it's the Eagles, Cowboys, you know, you know, Chargers, whatever it is wants to move up. But I mean, if it's like, if I'm the Panthers and I'm at eight, I, I don't see a defensive prospect that I feel thrilled about taking there, especially when, you know, you know, that you're going to get, if let's say you like those three offensive tackles and you like Jamar Chase and you like Kyle Pitts. You know, you're getting one of those five Mm -hmm. players. Like, you're guaranteed to get one of those five players. And so I think that has to fall into the calculation where they think we're going to get either one of these elite weapons, one of these two elite weapons, uh, or one of these three offensive linemen. And we know no matter what happens, as long as it goes quarterback, 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 we will have that opportunity. So, um, again, like, it really all boils down to do you like, do you like, did you like Sam Darnold in 2018? Because there's nothing that Sam Darnold has done since he came into the NFL that is going to like make you like him if you didn't like him before. Um, and so, you know, it, it basically, that's it traps. If you liked him, then you like the trade. If you didn't like him, then you hate the trade.
2: That, that's perfect. And I was not a huge fan of Sam Darnold and right. for as wrong as a lot of my quarterback evaluations can be, that seems to be one I got pretty right. Like, he's the same quarterback he was at USC flashes of anticipation throws, but a long windup, a lot of fumbles, a lot of interceptions. I've seen the same guy that I didn't like at USC, my number four quarterback in that draft class. So that's really what this hinges on more than anything else.
1: All right. Good stuff. Traps, as always, we'll have you back on. I'm sure to talk draft in the future. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for talking Darnold. Thanks for everybody listening. Make sure to check us out on YouTube as well, youtube.com slash pick six, and we will see you guys tomorrow.
0: Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing, and creative